my title this morning is Welcome Home. Now, um, what I would like you to do, just very quickly, could you turn to the people around you and have answer this question for me? When you get home, when you've been out for the day, when you walk through your front door, what is the first thing that you do? Okay, so make sure no one's left out. Just chat to the person next to you. Make sure everyone's got someone to chat to. When you get home, what is the first thing that you do? Okay, right. Bring it back in. I would love to hear some of your thoughts. Um, yeah, Matty, what's the first thing you do when you get home? Right, okay, you check your phone, see if you've been spammed on WhatsApp. Elliot, you shut the front door. Important, safety first. Yeah, Maisie, put your pyjamas on. Yes, I'm a big fan of that. My onesie spends a lot of time on me in the autumn and winter. Trishana, go to bed, good. Sinead, stroke your dog. Angel, watch Netflix. Charlie, okay, one more. Tris, Tris. Open the fridge. Yes, Tris. Okay. Awesome. When I get in, when I get home, normally because of who I am, I have bags with me. So what I will normally do is walk through my front door. Say this is my front door, Matt. I walk through my front door, and this does Andy's head in. I normally have loads and loads of bags. I just dump my bags. And it doesn't really matter where I dump them. Sometimes in the kitchen. Sometimes in the middle of the hall. Sometimes at the bottom of the stairs. Sometimes just in the middle of the living room. I've done that before, not in the toilet bowl, just in the, in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't really matter to me where it is. I come in, I have all my bags, I dump my bags. I'm like, ah, oh, I'm home. And then I go and see whoever's in my home that I care about. So if Andy's in, I'll go and see Andy. I'll go and let my dog out if my dog's been, been uh, in his bedroom while, uh, while I've been out. So my, my sort of movement is that I walk through my front door, I dump my bags, I take a breath of relief and then I go and find someone that I care about. Now, um, all the way back in May, uh, I went to a church called Hillsong. Uh, some of you guys will know of Hillsong. Uh, and I went to their church that's in Bermondsey. And what they have on their church, uh, as you walk in, they have a massive sign across the front of, the, uh, front of their building, which just says, Welcome Home. So the idea is, is that when you're stepping into church, there's this feeling of welcome home. Now, when we go back up to church, you'll notice actually that that's the backdrop this morning as well for church upstairs. So this idea of welcome home, the idea that church is a place that feels like home to you. That idea that when you step into your house, you step into your home, you drop the baggage that you've carried, the things that you've kind of been carrying with you throughout the whole week, you breathe a sigh of relief, and you can go and find people that really care about you. That's what we want church to be for you guys. We want church to be home, to feel like home. And I know home doesn't feel good for everyone. Home isn't a happy place for everyone. But we want this to be a home that you feel comfortable in. And in this home, we want some stuff. We want you guys to feel certain things. We want you guys in this home to feel safe. So feel safe to be you. Feel safe to chat about the stuff that matters to you, the stuff that's important to you. In this home, we want you guys to feel accepted, that you've not got to pretend to be anyone that you're not, that you've not got to hide the bad stuff you do wrong. You've not got to like pretend to be okay when things aren't okay. But we accept you as you are. We want you to feel loved. But not just those three things, not just safe, loved and accepted. We want you guys in this home to be a place where you get to know Jesus better. Because if it's just that you feel loved and safe and accepted, that's nice, but you could feel that anywhere. But here, 
here in our home, we want it to be a place where you can pursue God. Now, this is the important thing. We want this for you guys, for you. And I don't mean like you as a room. I mean you as in you sat in your seat. I want that for you. However, we also want that for every single person who walks through the doors of our youth ministry. So for all the people who are your friends that you think, I would love them to come to church. When they walk through the doors of our home, I want them to feel loved. I want them to feel accepted. I want them to feel safe. And I want them to know that they're in a place where they can pursue Jesus alongside you. Now, there's a verse in Ephesians that actually Andy sent me this morning, which I'm really enjoying. And it says this, it's Ephesians 2.19, if any of you guys want to check it out. It says, Consequently, you are no longer followers and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household. That you are members of God's household. That your friends who don't know Jesus yet are members of God's household. That this here will be a home for all of us. Now, here's the thing. When people come into your home, they are guests, okay? So when people come who've never been to your house before, don't come to your house very often, they are guests. Now, can I, by show of hands, how many of you guys, your parents or your family, have had someone come round to your house, it's maybe never been round before, might be round for dinner or something, and you have noticed that your parents act differently to how they normally act? Maybe they, yeah, right, hands. They clean the house... But you get pudding, you never, I used to get pudding when people came around, I never got pudding. Yeah, lots and lots of pounds. Okay, fantastic. Do you know why that is? Because when guests come into your home, you look after them. Normally, like if I'm there, if I was in my house, I had to get my own drinks, I had to want a snack, I had to sort myself out. If a guest comes into my home, I look after them. Would you like a drink? Would you like a snack? Look, I vacuum the floor. When a guest comes into you, that never happens in our house, by the way. Me vacuuming the floor, that is, happens very rarely. Um, but when people come into your home, you treat them like a guest, okay? So when you have a guest, you tidy the place up. You look after the place. You make sure they're okay. You make sure they feel welcome because they're important. And that's what we want for every new person... Listen, guys, for every new person that comes in, we want them to feel like a guest in your home. That you go, oh, this is my home. I need to look after it. Who flipping picks the paint off the walls in there? Who does that? This is my home. I want to look after my home. You don't come into my house and pick paint off the wall. But it's okay. We love them because some guests don't know how to treat a home. And so we're extra gracious. I don't know if you've ever had anyone come to your house and they annoy you with something that they do. I have. I'm not going to name names, but certain people have come into my house and done things that have wound me up, but I've not said anything because they're my guest, so I treat them slightly differently. Now, how many of you guys have ever been to somebody else's house before that you don't know that well? Yeah, right? Most of you. Now, who in here would say that there's some... I'm, I'm quite like this. Who in here would say that they're kind of an extra polite person when they go to other people's houses? So when other pe- you go to other people's houses, you see behaviour in you that you would never do in your own home. Okay, so I want to talk you through this, guys. I want to talk you through this. So, first things first, you come into your house, their house, and the first thing I do when I go in... Now, if I ever come to your house with your parents, you'll see me do this. What I do is I go in, I stand on their doormat, for those of you who can't see on the floor, there's a doormat here, and I look to see if there's loads of shoes by the front door. And I go, okay, this might be one of those houses where you're supposed to take your shoes off. I then look at the person whose house it is and go, have they got their shoes on? And if they have no shoes on and there's lots of shoes by the front door, I go, right, I can take my shoes off. So I take my shoes off. 
And I leave them by the front doorstep. So I just kick them to the side and I go in. And I go, okay, okay, I know I'm behaving well here. And then you get invited to sit somewhere. So I'll go to the living room. I'm going to come over here. And you sit on their sofa. So I'm sitting on the sofa here. I'll sit on the arm so you guys can see me. I'll sit on this arm so you guys can see me. Okay. So you sit on their sofa. Now, you would never sit on an arm of a sofa in somebody else's house. I know that. But just so you guys can see me. And then what I do, after you've been sat there for a while and you're talking, you go, now, in my house, I put my feet on the sofa. But I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that here. So I look at the person whose house it is. And if they have their feet on the sofa... I get comfy and I get my feet on the sofa because I measure my behaviour by the person whose house it is. They set the culture in their own house and I will follow that culture. You're chatting, you're chilling out, you're doing stuff and then it's dinner time. So you go to the dinner table. The food's coming. Right. Honestly, I set this up and your complaint is there's no food. Outrageous. Right. So you sit around, right, to have dinner. Now, there's two things that you watch for here, I think. First thing... Sometimes when guests come around, you say grace. Sometimes, or when guests aren't there, you don't say grace. I've noticed that. So when you go to somebody else's house and you imagine you get food, you don't just start digging in. You wait until the person, people whose house it is, they start eating. You go, oh, okay, I'm allowed to eat now. And you start eating. Because you know there's no grace, you know you're okay. And then when you've finished eating, you wait. You don't just get up and storm off and go and do whatever you want. You wait until other people leave the table or you're invited to leave the table. At which point you get up and you go, how many of you guys have ever been in someone's house and done any of those things? Some of you. Some of you guys are extra polite like me. Great. What happens when you go into a new place, you look for the person whose home it is to set the culture. You'll see where I'm going with this. You see, when new people, when guests, and we have some guests in this morning, come into this environment, they will look to the people whose home it is to set the culture. They're going to look to you guys who come here regularly to go, how do I behave here? How do, how do we do stuff here? What, what do we do? And they will look to you because it is your home to set the culture. So what you do and how you behave really makes a difference. You guys were very, very kind to me this morning. (laughs) When you came in, I ran at you with face paint, and so did Beth, and so did Andy. We're like, right, red or blue, red or blue. I'm going to tell you what that's about now. Actually, it's not about anything. You just look kind of silly. Um, But the point of that is, um, I hope Becca doesn't mind me saying, I've got Becca back there, a friend of mine. Hi, Becca. So Becca, uh, this is her second time here, and those guys are guests. There are guests this morning. There are other people here, but I think Becca's a good example. Now, When they have never been to Threads before, but I approached them with face paint and said red or blue. And because they saw that you guys all had face paint on, they were absolutely fine to go red or blue. Now, if none of us were wearing face paint, but for somebody who'd never been in here before, I'd run up to them and said, what do you want, red or blue? They'd be like, what on earth are you doing? You see, what happened here this morning is we created a culture That's how easy it is to create culture. What culture means, basically, it's just the way we do things. That's culture is the way we do things around here. That's culture. And so this morning, we started a culture of wearing face paint on our faces. And that's how easy a culture catches on. The more people that came in and saw that everybody else had face paint on, the more comfortable they were wearing face paint. Does that make sense? So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, I really want this to be a really welcoming place, but how do we do that? You just do it. Culture, you just start something. Now, I'm going to show you a video in a second, but I 
want you guys to get something. You see, you guys get to choose what culture we have in this in Zion Youth. You get to choose that. So, if you want the culture here to be one where worship is incredible, and worship is this amazing experience of God, and where people just pray for people, where you're having a rough day, someone just comes and prays for you, or where people have visions for each other, God speaks to people, and then goes, they go and tell this other person what God said, or you want it to be somewhere where people bring their friends, then you get to choose that. And people will look to you as your home and people will go, that's what they do here. Okay, that's what we'll do too. However, if what people see you guys modelling is being mean to each other and making sure people get left out and laughing when someone says something and tries to answer a question and it's the wrong answer or calling each other horrible names and that's the culture we set then other people will look at that and go, that's, that's, that's the culture here. That's how they behave in their home. Then that's exactly what I'll do. And so whatever you do, that's what's going to be multiplied. How, now, the thing is, I have seen, so, and I, I could stand here and I could call people out. I could say, yes, you, you and you. I have seen people here change in the last few months. And actually, they carry a brand new culture in them. Just off the top of my head, I could think of five people I could mention right now that are you guys that are sat in this room. But I could say, I've seen you change in the last few months. And actually, because you've changed, I've seen this youth ministry change. And some of you guys already know. Some of you guys I've said this to. But you, not you as a whole, but you sat in your seat, impact this youth ministry. And some of you guys have started really getting into worship and loving worship and being released in worship. And so I've seen worship change in this youth ministry. But you get to choose. And you know the incredible thing, the really, really, really cool thing about all of this is that we get to chase God together. We get to pursue God together as a community. But you do not have to wait until the people around you start to take things seriously before you change the culture. You see, um, there are a few things that I know I do your head in about. I know that um, phones, for example, I'm like a phone Nazi. I know I am. I know that I do your heads in because I sit there and go, get off your phone, put your phone away. And what happens is that I see that that creates a culture. Now, it's just you doing something. You're just on your phone. You're bored. You're, just, you're tired. You need to concentrate. I, I get it. Really, I get it. However, what I've seen happen in church is that one person gets their phone out and I have literally watched the culture change. The next six or seven people along the road go, oh, they've got their phone out. Get my phone out then. Mm, it's a bit bored anyway. And what happens is a whole youth group sits there on their mobiles because one person chose to. Now, equally... I don't want you guys to wait until somebody else in this youth group gets it before this culture changes. If you know that you want something of God, I want you to go for it. Because if you, if you go for it, if you lead, if you go for it, others will follow. Um, we're going we're gonna to watch a video now, uh, which, which will come up in a second. Okay, <clears throat> if we could turn that down, that would be fantastic. And go back to the other slide, that would be absolutely wonderful. 
Do you know what happened in that video? Was one guy decided that he loved music. He loved what he was doing. And he was like, I don't even care. I don't even care that no one else is dancing. I'm getting my dance on. And he loved it. He was killing it on his own. And what happened is people began to see vision in him and join him. And it took a couple of people with guts to get up and go, yeah, sack this off. I'm dancing. And then before long, there's just this swell of people that are like, yes, come on, we're going to have a party. And that's what I want it to be like here. I, went, I want it to be like that here, in all honesty. I mean, that would be great, wouldn't it? <laughs> Busting out those moves, that'd be wonderful. I'll start dancing a bit, yeah. No, I'm joking. Um, I, knew I'd, I knew I'd start dancing inappropriately, fantastic. Um, but the thing is, that for some of you guys, you can be that person that changes culture here. Who decides what kind of home we are going to have. Now, I know some of you guys have got moves. I know you've got moves. But what I'm saying is that I want you to use your moves. Because there are some of you who I know full well, God has said things to you. God has put things in you. And God has said, you know what? I've given you a heart for worship. I mean, you might be rubbish at music. Me. You might be really bad at music, but God has given you a passion for worship and you love to worship. Do you know what? That's the equivalent of just going for it. Just go for it. If in worship you feel like God's doing something in you, then just go for it. And other people will be released because you're brave enough to change a culture. Some of you guys I know, and I'm not going to look at anyone in particular, but some of you guys I know that you believe that God wants to give you certain spiritual gifts, whether that be prophecy or healing or the gift of tongues. And I know that you want that from God. But it will take some of you guys to step up and go, I'm going to change the culture here. And so I want to ask you, what kind of home do you want to create? What kind of home do you want to create here? A kind of home where people as guests come in and actually they, they join in with the culture that you set because they look to you as to how to behave. They look to you as to how to pursue God because this is your home. I want to finish with one more story. Um, I've asked Adam if I could share this actually. Now, maybe sharing this story, Adam has his flaws. Adam is a love. We love you, Adam. We love you. Thank you. Yeah. Now, he, he has got stuff wrong. He's, got, he's not perfect. But I saw something in Adam over the summer. And God really spoke to me. Uh, in the summer, some of us go to a camp called Soul Survivor. And um, we went this year. And during Soul Survivor, we have these meetings. And in the meetings, someone gives a talk. And this guy, Andy, gave a talk. Not this Andy, another Andy. Um, and it was a talk um, on anxiety and on worry. And what happens is you get to the end of this talk. And then the person speaking invites you to respond. And what happened is the guy at the front, Andy, went, okay, would anyone like to respond? And before he'd even finished speaking, Adam had stood up and literally ran to the front, like full on ran. And in that moment, God spoke to me and said, do you know what? If you know what you want from God, why on earth are you stood around with your hands in your pockets waiting for something to happen? Why are you looking at other people going, oh, well, they're not healing anyone, so I guess I won't be either. If God has got something for you and God has told you he's got something for you, why on earth are you not jumping to your feet and running? Because when Adam started, when Adam got up and ran, other people followed him. Other people moved with him, but it takes a few people to set a culture, 
to create a home. And when we have that home, when people come in, just like the face paint, they'll go, oh, okay, that's how they do things around here. I'll just get involved. And so in a second, uh, I'm going to respond. I'm going to ask for a response. I'm going to, it's not going to be hyped. It's not going to be heavy duty. Um, But I am going to ask some of you guys to respond to this. But I just, I want you guys to know something before I do. I want you guys to know that we love you, that we are for you, and we love your friends, and we are for your friends. And we want this to be the very best place for your friends to be. And that is why we are so hot on, guys, can you listen? Guys, can you put your phones away? Guys, can you do this? Because that sets the spiritual temperature. And so I want to ask you this morning, is do you want to be someone who just goes for it? Like that guy on there, what sort of home do you want to have here? Because actually, however you behave in this space is what's going to multiply. However you behave in this space is what is going to multiply. And so what do you want? What do you want from this youth ministry? What do you want from God? Because one day, you are going to be stood in front of God. Because what, and you'll die. We will all die. Hate to break it to you. So it's going to happen. Chilled. But on that day... Jordan, George, on that day, you are going to be stood before God and the rest of this youth group won't be there. But will you be able to say to God, God, I knew in that moment, I knew you were calling me to that and I got up and I ran because that is what I wanted for myself and that is what I wanted for my youth group. Okay, could you guys all close your eyes for me? Now, for those of you who, um, who don't normally come here, uh, there's absolutely no pressure to respond. You're very welcome to just sit in your seats. Um, or you're very, very welcome to respond. I want to ask a question. And I'm, at the end of asking my question, I'm going to invite the people who want to answer this question to just stand up. Uh, and the question is this. Do you want to be someone who in this, in this youth ministry at Zion shapes what our home looks like in a really good way? Are you going to be someone who says, I'm in? I'm in. I'll stand up and I'll run if I have to. I'm in. And in a second, I'm going to invite the people who say yes to that to stand up. And if you've never been here before, you can stand up. You're very welcome. It might be just you going, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, great. Everything God's got for me, I'm in. But I just want to spend a couple of minutes just waiting for those people who do stand up just to see if God's going to say anything to them. And that's all we're going to do. It's not, I'm not going to ask you to speak to anyone or anything like that. And so, if everyone could close their eyes. I want to ask you, are you in? If your answer is yes, and you know what kind of home you would like this to be, and you want to help create that home, could I ask you to stand to your feet? I think there are a few more people who want to stand up but are a little bit nervous. I'm just going to wait a sec. Okay. Now for those of you guys who have stood up, can I just keep, ask you to keep your eyes closed and I want you to ask God a question and then just try and like clear your mind to see if you can hear God give you an answer. I want you to ask God 
What do you want me to bring to this home? What do you want me to carry in this space? It might help if you put your hands out in front of you. We just do that so that you don't fiddle and get distracted and kind of going from God, I want to hear you or hear from you. It's a physical way of showing that. But I just want you to just listen for a moment. If you've not stood up and you're a praying type, if you could pray for the guys that have stood up, that would be wonderful. If you're not a Christian, you're not sure what we're doing here, don't we? You're fine, just chill, just stay there, you're okay. But we're just going to hear from God for a sec. Holy Spirit, I just pray for these guys that have stood up. It might not even be a word, but it might just be a feeling of what you want to create here in this space. giving them an ownership over what happens in this space that what these guys might carry might multiply Holy Spirit we're just going to wait for you now with God you'd like to have you know the kind of youth ministry here that you'd like it to be but you don't believe in yourself that you can carry that it's kind of a confidence issue like I, I can't make a difference I can't do that like, I, I want I want to hear God's voice I want to create a culture where I can invite my friends here I want to be someone who walks down the street and hears God speak to them but I can't create that culture you and it might only just be one person it might be a few people could you just pop your hand in the air for me I know it's dead brave I know it's dead brave that's great just nice and high really high now leaders or people that are confident praying for people could you just go and pop a hand on the shoulder of these guys to pray for them I don't want you to ask them anything I don't even want you to ask them their name just pop a hand on their shoulder and pray for them and what I want you guys to know Put your hand down when, not yet, but when someone comes to pray for you, because I want to I want to make sure everyone gets prayed for that feels like this. I want you to know that it is not you that makes that difference, it's God. And so all you have to do is hear the music. Like that guy dancing, he just heard the music. And God will give you confidence. God will bring other people to join you. have some people down the front there's still some people down here if you've not been prayed for yet stick your hand in the air nice and high I really don't want anyone to get missed there's some girls down the front here as well Jesus I pray that these guys would be culture changers Jesus I pray that our youth ministry in this church will be different from this morning because of some of these guys that stood up but also for some of the guys that are still sat down as well. Jesus, I pray that a year from now we would look back and go, wow, 9th of October, everything changed. Jesus. Hey, 
when we were praying before as a team, um, I got a picture from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, and it didn't really make sense to me earlier. Um, and then as soon as we started praying, then God reminded me of it. And um, I don't know if you've seen the old version of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory um, with Gene Wilder in. And right at the end, they're in this, they're in the elevator, uh, and they're going up towards the, the glass ceiling. And, and um, Charlie and his dad are beginning to panic because the, the elevator's going quicker and quicker up, 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 up. And they're like, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? And Willy Wonka's like, we're going to smash through the ceiling. And there was a phrase that I, I remembered, um, and I don't know why I remember it from the film, but um, Charlie's grandpa says, um, but we'll be cut to ribbons. And it's this sense of if they smash through the ceiling, they're just going to be destroyed. And feel like God was showing me that picture because for some of you you feel like God's really accelerating some stuff in your life at the moment and there's a lot of stuff that's moving quite quickly and you can almost feel like God what is going to happen what is going to happen and you're scared that if you if you break through this glass ceiling that has covered your life up to now that you'll be destroyed but what's amazing is, is as they break through that grass, glass ceiling, not the grass ceiling, that would be very different, um, but they break through this glass ceiling and they're, they're above London and they can see these incredible views. And I just got a sense of God saying that he wants, to, he wants to take you through your glass ceiling, the stuff that has held you back for so long, and he wants you to smash through it and it won't destroy you, but it will give you a view of your town and your city that you have never seen before. And God wants to, to put you in a high place where you can see over your school and your home and your estate and you can see that God wants to move in those areas and you will see things that you have never seen from that perspective before. If that's you and you want to say, hey, that, I feel like that's me, just, just raise your hand and I want to pray for you. So if you feel like you, you're scared of breaking through a glass ceiling, just stick your hand up and I want to pray for you. Hey, if you want to, if you want a different perspective of your school and your town, stick your hand up and let's pray. Say, God, that's me. Let me pray. God, I pray that we wouldn't be held back by the things that have held us back for so long. God, I pray for an acceleration in what you're doing in us. God, I pray that, that, that you would do more and more in us as we step forward and as we step out. God, I pray that the glass ceilings that have held us back for so long, God, the things that have been spoken over our lives that we have believed for way too long, God, I pray that we would smash through them. God, I pray that the things that have held us back as a youth ministry, God, I pray that you would smash that glass ceiling. God, I pray that in this next year, we would see more young people come to know you than we have ever seen before. God, would you give us a view of our town that we have never had before, Lord. Would you help us to see our school and our home and our estates and our friends from a perspective that we have never seen before? God, would you show us where you're at work? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.